Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joshua, and on today's episode, I had the pleasure of speaking to Devin Sandiford on the show. Devin is a storyteller, a writer, a speaker, and a workshop facilitator. He's a Brooklyn-based man uh, who provides a platform for repressed perspectives of people of color, women, and other marginalized individuals. His stories have been featured in the Washington Post, the Moth Podcast, National Public Radio Station, KNKX, Speak Up Storytelling, Love Hurts Podcast, Open Hands Podcast, the Womanity Project, Writing Class Radio, and Intersections Podcast. Yes, this man is spreading the goodness of storytelling and giving voices to historically underrepresented groups across uh, the, uh, I would say, the audio and the in-person uh, uh, perspectives. So I really appreciated my time with Devin today. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do it justice. Uh, we're going to have to dive into the, the episode. But I need to let you know, uh, listeners, that in this moment in time, uh, it was very fortuitous that Devin and I spoke because I think we were both sort of having similar feelings of maybe what's going on in our own individual lives and in the at the world at large, and it made for a very compelling conversation where we got into a lot of different topics, um, most centered around the ability to take a breath and appreciate uh, the moment and rest and recover and get back into the work. It's a very fascinating conversation. I, I can't wait for you to to hear it, but I do want to let you know before we get there uh, that today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Empire Toys. Nostalgia is something everyone loves, and Empire Toys in Keller, Texas is on Nostalgia Overload. With toys and action figures from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today, Empire Toys is a one-stop shop for a trip down memory lane and a chance to reclaim what was once yours but likely sold at a garage sale. Check out Empire Toys on Facebook, Instagram, or at TheEmpireToys.com. Now, without further ado, my conversation with Devin will be right up after this. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time, I'm pretty excited to talk to him. A man who reached out, and we've been talking about inclusive parenting for a little bit, Mr. Devin Sandiford. Devin, how are you doing today? I am doing excellent today. There's a, I had some a flight earlier, and so I, I love to fly. Um, but I, I definitely am having a good day, just like enjoying being in a new city. Very cool. I uh, I also went to a bit of a new area recently. Uh, I was traveling up to uh, up uh, I say up to because I'm based in Texas, so up to North Carolina. And while I've been to North Carolina before, it was a new area for me and a, and a new sort of terrain to navigate. And it's it's always interesting. And nobody's going to care about this at all, but I'm still going <laughs> to provide it. So it's interesting to me being from Texas and specifically being in the Dallas area where there's not a lot of trees. I would say on the on the sides of the roads and the highways, and you can see sort for miles and I also grew up going to West Texas where you literally can see for miles around and then going to a state like North Carolina sort of in the Raleigh-Durham area where there's trees that are like uh, I was gonna say taller than my house but like that's not a huge accomplishment but like just (laughs) really huge flanking the roads and even though there's lights uh when it gets dark it gets 
dark because those trees sort of engulf the the interstate and the freeway. And it always makes me feel um, both excited to see trees and a bit uncomfortable because I can't see where I'm going. So that's um, uh, somebody can sort of dissect that uh, if they want to and what that says about me. But it's it's interesting. So I enjoy a new area and I am also glad to be back home. So I'm glad that you are getting the opportunity to explore a new area, Devin. That's really cool. Yeah, and I have a similar experience growing up in Southern California, where there's not trees yep. on our free, on our freeways, and moving <laughs> to Maryland, and then now living in New York, and having the freeways, like you said, that line both sides of the highway. Um, yep. And so th there's a lot of differences, but the trees was something that I noticed right off the bat, and it feels like you're like driving in a forest. So right. It's like constantly legitimate trees that. Yes, reach very high to, to into the sky <laughs> right. and block out your vision. So exactly, exactly. Well, now that that's uh, thank you for listening to Tree Hour with Joe and Devin. <laughs> um, uh, come back next week to find out how to plant one. No, I'm 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 joking, of course. <laughs> well, Devin, I'm excited to have you on the show. And uh, for new listeners of the podcast, so here at the Detox Podcast, we invite the listeners to quote unquote detox from the world around them uh, for the duration of the episode and get a window into how other people live their lives. And so I like to start off at the the beginning of each episode by asking my guests. So Devin, what are you currently, I'm using the air quotes here, detoxing from? Mm, I think the thing that's, and probably wasn't even a choice of mine, but uh, something that just kept on coming up was like the detox from productivity mm. and probably productivity, but the more so the pushing through of struggles. Yeah. Um, and not taking time to like rest and to consider that uh, the challenges and the obstacles might be an indication from my body to, you know, take another path or to take some time for itself. And so I think detoxing from, I can just push through everything mode um, and allowing myself to, to slow down, to witness some new things um, and to feel what it feels like just to have fun at moments and yeah. to relax. Cause that's hard for me actually. Yeah. I, I completely understand. You know, it's interesting. Again, Devin, there's two things that uh, we've connected on uh, so far uh, in our conversation, both off offline and then now, where you've mentioned things that have also been sort of in the atmosphere of conversations I've been having before this interview. And so it's very fortuitous I'm speaking with you uh, today because... You know, I think it's interesting that we don't, you talked about not giving ourselves rest and the detoxing of pushing through and just sort of grinding it out just to do it. Um, and I was reflecting on how when, when I played sports, one of the one of the things that the coaches would talk about is the need to, to, to have the cool down at the end of practice, right? And so, um, and while I don't think we put a lot of emphasis on it, this is the early to mid 2000s, I don't think there was a lot of emphasis on it that there is now. Uh, in athletics, uh, there was still some emphasis. And I remember as a kid going, this is stupid. Why can't I just, we're playing, we're practicing, we're done. Why do I have to cool down? And they talked about the the need, right, to give your muscles the oxygen and to give your muscles the opportunity to rest and recover so you can come back even stronger. And so it's interesting to me that we have that sort of um, – some of us have that framework and understanding of what is actually needed, but we don't apply that same level of energy to sort of our day-to-day -day existence. We think, no, 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 I don't need a rest. I just need to go, 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 go. Let me sleep. Let me wake up and go, 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 go. And then we find ourselves, right, sort of strapped and just exhausted and burnt out in a lot of ways. And so being able to take the time, as you mentioned, 
to rest and have fun and appreciate um, the, the, the in-between moments uh, is huge. It allows you to, to breathe and then come back even stronger. So I can understand what you're saying. It's, we don't put a lot of emphasis on it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think for me, when I, sadly, when I do put emphasis on it, it becomes productivity, pro- productive rest. Oh, so yes. I'm like, oh, now I'm going to schedule it out. Like I'm going to meditate. <laughs> like now I got to have a checklist of all the things, how I'm going to rest and play. And it's like, that wasn't the point. And so right. uh, I, yeah, I've been tricking myself quite a bit to think that I'm I'm doing the thing that's needed and actually still continuing to do the same thing that I was doing before. So a lot of reminders right now to just like play, relax, take moments to like be present. So, right. um, yeah. You know, I, one of the things that I think has really allowed me the opportunity to sort of be present in the moment has been, um, I've been spending a lot more time uh, with, I, I would say, I always spend time with my children on the weekends, but I would say more intentional time. Um, an example would be uh, this weekend we had a, bir- a kid's birthday party, right? And so I I took the kids. My wife was busy with some an, another obligation, so I took the kids. And I'm I don't I'm not on my phone. I've got my phone in my pocket, and I'm fully present for the duration of the birthday party. And I'm interacting with them, and they're interacting with their friends. I'm interacting with the parents, and I'm finding I'm noticing little things that my kids are doing that I don't think I fully p- appreciated or picked up on, like little quirks, little you know ex. Uh, eccentricities of their play and and then on the way home we listened to like music that they wanted to listen to and we had conversations about what they were doing and it allowed me to get to know them more and then on Sunday we just had a bit of a family day we went uh, to a park we went and got lunch out and we're just chatting and enjoying each other and it's something that I realized you know I'm always around my family, but I don't know if I'm always engaging with them, which allows me that opportunity to have sort of those intentional moments. And it's so easy to get lost in the sort of productive, like scheduling out productive rest that it's hard to, to realize when, when you're not doing it until you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. And I feel like kids are, can be such a great reminder because they'll, they'll tell you like if you're distracted or they'll like, really try and get your attention in different moments. My son just had his birthday this past weekend. And so we did get a chance to like uh, have some like very present time. We actually, it was, it's a bit cold where we are in New York, but we went upstate and there was a heated pool where we were. And so got a chance to get in the water where it always feels like there's a certain presence within water for me Mm -hmm. and the like, you know, obviously you can't bring your phone, um, but there's also just like nothing else is happening, just yeah. this one thing. And so I really appreciated uh, having that time with them to we did some Marco Polo. We did this game called Colors. And it's just yeah. like uh, time. And you kind of lose track of time when you're like playing that way. And that's true. Uh, oftentimes my kids are my best moments of play, because if it's yeah. just me, I go back to like, you know, what can I do with this play that's going to help me with the work later? Right. And not really for fun so yeah that's a good that you know it's it's um it's interesting to me you bring up the the we lose track of time when we're playing sort of in that in that almost carefree way and it um we need to have those moments that remind us of that because i think there's so much um there's so much heaviness 
that that exists sort of in our in our I'm I'm gesturing to you and me here uh, in our sort of day to day professional uh, worlds, and then also in the in the non non job still just existing worlds that we live in. Um, there's so much heaviness that goes on that it's very easy to to get weighed down um, and lose sight of of the moments, and so to have that ability to get lost in the play and just really connect with your immediate surroundings and your family is, is incredible. Um, I want to talk about, um, so you are a a writer and a storyteller. Um, and so one of the things that, uh, really interests me, I was listening to some of your stories, I would say before, beforehand, before you came on, um, is how you, you have a lot of stories that center around, uh, your interactions with your with your kids and and as someone that uh, is also uh, trying to raise uh, good people, I would say um, I appreciate that and I resonated it resonated with me. So I want to know from your perspective, what was sort of some of the motivations for you to start um, sharing stories or rather crafting stories about uh, about parenting or about your kids and then uh, flipping them to to share them with an audience. Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I think for me, um, there w- there's like a really deep part of me that wanted to be a, a dad from a very young age. Mm-hmm. And um, and not even from a, a place where it was like, oh, I just want to be a dad, but I could really like envision looking down into a, like my child's eyes and like really wanting to have this connection and to take care of and all these different things. And it was like this wholesome feeling. And when I had kids, there was a lot of that, but there was also a lot of like uh, reminders of the things that I hadn't fully healed from, reminders of the things that I hadn't really faced. And so I think my kids uh, mirrored for me a lot of the things that I needed to work on and the things that I was not doing well as a person or as a as a father and so uh wanting to tell stories that brought them into it was really from a place of like wanting to be honest and being being very close and uh, like having a proximity to honesty whenever it came into relation to them because they like required that um there's a story that i tell that i'm sure you listen to but like where my son would continually ask me this one question over and over and over basically for three years and I would give him the answer thinking that I had given my full answer and um, him continuing to ask me until it came to a place where I gave him like the honest answer. Mm. And uh, I think every time those things happen, it's like surprises me. And so when it surprises me, it feels like an opportunity to share it with like a broader audience as it relates to like me individually in my community, but then also kind of what are the things that are, will be surprising for you if you take a closer look at your life. And uh, not that, you know, somebody would have to have kids to do this, but just like any moment where you can really investigate why you're doing things, yeah. I think is an opportunity for us to talk about and to like reflect on so that we can like grow as a people and, I mean, even just me growing individually, I, I feel like uh, has changed changed my, like the way in which I live my life. And so why not share that with others and hopefully open them up to places where, you know, maybe they're even hurting themselves and can yeah. can stop. So 
Thank you for sharing that. I think I, I've said this before. I actually shared it um, um, when I shared my own coming out story um, earlier this year about being uh, bi plus. Um, but it's interesting to me how much children force us to reckon with so much uh, in our own lives um, through through uh, sort of those I- introspective moments of, um, I mean, I, I could start feeling, this is what I would say, and I, I'll, I'll be quick about this because I went into more detail on it on the, another episode, but when my daughter was born, um, I started thinking through things I hadn't done in my life, right? Sort of big, big, broad strokes. And it was, uh, but it was, but I would say, and it was all new. Um, so it was, it was a girl, there was new experiences, there was new, I was a new parent, like all of it was new for the first time. And then when my son was born, I wasn't a new parent. I was just sort of, uh, I had another kid and that's not to, mm. not to demean the point, but it was, what was interesting is it, it made me only focus on the fact that I was seeing myself sort of reflected in him. And I had to think about my childhood and think about my journey and think about all the things that I hadn't done. And what do I want? Um, what do I want to say as an individual, as a dad, as a parent um, that I haven't said? So to hear you talk about sort of having those experiences and then giving the honest answers and then being able to share that with people is so powerful because we learn so much through the art of storytelling. That's where we, I mean, that's where we think about like, I mean, uh, Thanksgiving is around Thanksgiving and, and other holidays are around the corner. And so typically a lot of people get together with family and swap stories and talk about the year, talk about a fun memory of like, Oh, do you, everybody remember when Joe did this? Right. You know, and, and that's how, that's how we learn and that's how we build community. And so to, for you to share that is so powerful because people can see themselves reflected in the stories or think about some of the journeys that they're on. So what has been, I say all that to, to come back around and say, what has been some of the um, uh, interactions or, or perspectives that you've gained as you've shared these stories with such a wide audience? Yeah, I think, I think for me, kind of to the point that you were talking about with stories is like how much I can learn within the stories. I think I have some like writer friends who will, will hear me share and they're like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe you wrote that thing and memorized it. And I'm like, uh, no, 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 I don't, I don't memorize the stories. And so for me, when I get on the stage and share with an audience, whether it's like a large audience or a small audience, it's not crafted to the point where I know everything that I'm going to say. I know the story, obviously, because I lived it, right. but there's like a certain freedom and like accepting of uncertainty of what actually I'll find when I'm like sharing the story and almost like reliving the story as I'm telling it. And so uh, one of the reasons I continue to do it is uh, when you're in those spaces, sharing the stories, there's so much you can like learn about yourself. And I think um, grow from, Uh, and for a long time, I just did it where it was like, I would tell the story, I would learn about myself and that would be the end of the process. Then I would grow but I think more recently there's been like, yes, learn about myself, but also like kind of learn how to love myself within Mm -hmm. the process. Mm -hmm. And so like being on the stage um, 
And especially the stages where I can't really see the audience. Yeah. It feels like this moment where uh, I'm in a chamber of sorts where it's like I can hear myself talking back to myself and I'll hear myself coming to a place where it's like uh, you could choose to say something that's like a partial truth or you can choose to like give the full truth. And uh, I notice that anytime I come to those moments and I choose to like tell the full truth that there's like so much more behind that that I get to explore um, that I wouldn't otherwise get. And I think for anybody that I come across and was like, oh, I don't have any stories or I'm like too shy to share. Uh, I'll share like in my own private space. I, you know, I don't force them to, but I do know that there's like the stepping on a stage and the uncertainty that can lead to like something that you may not have like such uh, awareness of without being able to share it in such a large audience. So I think that's kind of what I've, you know, been experienced sharing yeah. a lot of the like, uh, am I going to choose that th I come to a fork in the road, there's fear, what am I going to choose next? And seeing kind of like the growth that I can have based on the different choices that I make. And, you know, I, I judge myself really hard afterwards if I don't choose mm. being brave. But at the same time, I, I know that there's like the, yeah, it's difficult to give so much and to, to give parts that are like vulnerable and insecure. So yeah, I try not to hurt myself too much. No, I, I think it's very brave when you're getting up there and sharing the stories and it, it is so powerful to so many people. And I also think about how, um, again, uh, not trying to make this all about me, but sort of, I think as humans, we center ourselves in the story so we can understand, um, the journey a bit better. Yeah. Um, but when I was sharing my story, getting ready to share my story, um, coming out story on the podcast, I, uh, I thought about it for weeks and I, I would like, I didn't script anything, but I did write down sort of the flow of like, because I'd been working on this for, I mean, 34 years or so. And I was trying to like bundle it into a cohesive narrative. And as I'm like bundling now, I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. Something happened over here that like narrative, like, or like timeline wise, it's down here, but really it makes more sense to put it up here at the beginning of the story. And then I'm reflecting and I'm reflecting and I'm remembering being at different moments and going, Oh, wait a minute. I want to put that down. I want to put that down. And then still like, all right, I just got to let it be. And I remember going through that and talking and sort of hearing myself, um, coming to some of those moments that you talked about. And I thought I like, was like, I don't know how this is going to go. And I made the sort of braver choice to, to lay it all out there. And I can't, I can't tell you how many people have said, like quoted those specific parts and said, um, I, w uh, I saw myself in you, in your story, and it gave me the courage that I needed to share my own story. And so I love that you've been able to, to share that perspective uh, with so many people and, and have those brave moments and really um, sort of examine um maybe decisions you did or did not make before so you can make those choices and people can be impacted in a positive way from that. Um, I love that. Yeah. You know, oh, sorry. Uh, what were you going to say? I was just saying, absolutely. I, I think to, to comment on what you said in a really like important way for me and for you and for us, I think I share stories, not really for myself, like, I share the story so that at the end of the story, somebody can tell their story, whether it's yeah. to me or to someone else. And so uh, being able to get on the stage and get to a place where I'm being vulnerable and somebody can feel that to come up to me and tell me about something that they've never talked with anyone else about are like the most 
meaningful and beautiful moments for me and to even for the folks that walk away and like share it with someone else it feels very important and probably why I like continue to try and share in different spaces and like allow for the searching within a story rather than like the finished product only because I think people can see the finished product and, and can like applaud you in it but they don't necessarily get the same like oh I can do that too or oh this was so imperfect that uh, I feel like I was on the inside of this secret of sorts like I, I was I was there before it got to the place where it was like you know everybody would applaud it this was just for us type of thing so I I love that you you mentioned the searching within the story and that those are the powerful moments when you can hear someone like you're talking about getting up there and sharing and searching within the story and finding things that are new and the audience is sort of discovering along with you. That's where the magic is. That's the power is, um, I don't know. I'm going to, um, go over here for a second. I'm like gesturing mm -hmm. like people don't know. Um, I was, <laughs> I had the opportunity to hear Titus Burgess. Um, I don't know if people are familiar with him. Actor extraordinaire, most famous probably for the role of Titus Andromeda on, on uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I had mm -hmm. a chance to hear him uh, give a fireside chat at a uh, conference a couple weeks ago. And what's interesting to me is that I think in the Zoom world that we've been in over the last two plus years, we get a lot of finished products put in front mm. of us. And yeah. they're great. There's good lessons in them. But what I realized that I hadn't seen in that amount of time was somebody searching for, searching within the story. Titus is sitting down and, you know, there's lots of pomp and circumstance because he's a big deal and everybody's excited. And the moderator is talking to him and is asking him, you know, sort of what's going on? What do you think about LGBTQ plus rights going on? Like all of these different like sort of high level talking points. And he just pauses and he just looks out and says, I've been feeling claustrophobic at the moment. Mm. And he just lays out and he said, he explained, you know, they ask him to unpack it a bit. And he says, I'm feeling that I don't have a lot of breaths left in me <laughs> because of the current climate. And then, you know, they're asking, like, clearly the script went out the window, right? We're just having an honest conversation right now in front of thousands of people. And he says, um, the work is hard. And I think this relates to sort of what we've been talking about, right? The work in making the world a better place is hard and it can feel very claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. And the charge he gave everybody in the room was to keep hope um, and breath will come. Mm. And he said, we don't always have breaths at the moment, but we have to keep hope. Um, and then the breath will come. And he referenced leaning on the communities that we have, because sometimes we need other people to to take the load for a moment and then we can take it right. back and, and have that. But and that is that whole exchange. He was searching within the story for for where he was in that moment to give to the audience and it was so powerful to me because had we recorded, had we had like a video from Titus sort of uh, uh, aired, it would have been great, but we wouldn't have gotten that charge. And I'm, I'm, it's been over a month now and I'm still thinking about it as if I'm in the room. And so that's what I love about sort of the, the not having a finished product like you're talking about, but having that ability to piece these things together 
in the moment gives people that connection that they can anchor on and see themselves reflected and then realize, I want to share this story with Devin or I want to give this perspective with all these people just like Devin did. Um, it's powerful. There's power in that. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, and the feeling of that being claustrophobic, mm. I think even in the, uh, I obviously wasn't listening it to, to it, but hearing you talk about it, I had this feeling of like breathing within it. And I think like uh, speaking to the moments when we feel that actually allows for the breath that we can have in the honesty of it. And so yes. I, even at the beginning of this podcast, because I've done some other podcasts and, and oftentimes hosts will ask me like, Oh, so tell me about yourself. And for me, it's like the tightest moment of any podcast when someone asks me to tell me to, to tell the audience about yourself. Cause for me, I'm like, I'm always changing for one thing. Yeah. Another thing is like, how can I talk about myself without it sounding like I'm giving accomplishments because I don't like that feeling. And so, uh, you know, at the top of this, I was just even like, uh, is, I don't know, like, is there going to be one of these moments again? And so I was, uh, I was glad there wasn't, but then even in the, like hearing you talk about that feeling of claustrophobic, uh, it, it is a good note for me to anytime that comes up, not even just in those moments, but just the feeling of like, I'm expected to do, to do something. It's starting to get me to a place where I feel tight and I'm holding my breath to instead of, uh, you know, just doing the thing that I'm expected to, but just to like take a pause to even announce that this thing is like impacting my body in such a way. Right. Being a form of breathing that can like hold us in the in-between. And so I really appreciate that you shared that. And I think to... If I can remember to return to that often, I think it, it will really inform, you know, the way I show up, but then also the way in which I share stories because breath is like a really important part yeah. of telling stories. The moments when you breathe and the moments when you can pause and like allow things to sink in for others, but then also for yourself. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of like closing my eyes when I tell the stories. And for me, that's like kind of like, Oh, I'm like visualizing and like almost living through this again, but then also just like this feeling of someone allowing me to go someplace that uh, is free, that isn't like confined to the room that we're in, right. um, isn't confined to like the tightness and the expectations that might enter other spaces. So I love the idea of like our breath returning and, the, and even like allowing someone else to hold something when there's like this tightness or this feeling of claustrophobia. claustrophobia. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it goes back to even what we were saying at the beginning, right? Is you were talking about the, the sort of scheduling your restful time and that, that <laughs> can lead to claustrophobic moments because you're, you're not allowing yourself to sort of decom well, like one, right? Like not you, I'm not like, coming after yes, you, no, Devin, but like it one, is true for me. <laughs> yeah, but like one doesn't allow yourself to, to take those breaths, which are so needed and allow our muscles, right? All of our muscles to get that oxygen and to relax and be stronger and bounce back in, in even more critical ways than we've been conditioned to, to have them. But it's, it's, I was reading a book, um, <clears throat> Uh, and I know listener, longtime listeners of the podcast will know this book well. It's one of my favorite books. It's called The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. 
and mm. she wrote it pre-pandemic, but it became a lot more popular as we were starting to sort of quote unquote return um, to in-person events. And within it, she talks about the need to understand the goals of why you're getting together and to also hold space for the fact that when you are meeting, so Devin, you and I are in this moment recording this podcast. The next time mm -hmm. that we connect, whether for a podcast or not, we will be completely different people. We will not be the same people because life has affected us in, in different ways and, and we've gone different paths. And so she talks about in the book that we don't hold enough space in the moment to appreciate who we are as people in that moment mm -hmm. and that we will never be this same person ever again. Right. And that's powerful. And we just go, yep, I'm going to go get a sandwich now. I'm going to move on with my life. And that's fine. Right. right. We can't always be serious all the time. Um, but when I pause and I remember that, I go, man, that's the breath for me is taking the ability to appreciate having this conversation in November, 2022 um, and thinking about where I'll be in November, 2032 and, and everything in between. Um, but that's the breath for me. And it's, it's, it's helpful to remember, uh, especially when we're feeling claustrophobic. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting. You brought up Priya Parker. I had the opportunity. I want to say I did, this was the second time, but I was in one of uh, her online seminars. Mm. Uh, it was it was another organization that put on a seminar where she was talking on Zoom. And um, the thing that was so interesting, she talked about what you mentioned, like the intentionality of the gathering and yep. uh, announcing that so that people know. Um, but the thing that I had never really thought about, I would show up to these things often where we were in Zoom and I would feel kind of like, tired when I got to the end of them um, and not with with her but like in just other spaces right. and the thing that she talked about was uh, she, she almost asked the people if it's okay to open up the chat space because they had it was a seminar so they didn't have the chat was like locked right. um, and she talked about uh, you know giving the people who are listening some place to interact mm -hmm. and to not only take in things and to not be able to give things off and I never put two and two together that like when I came into these Zoom spaces, the reason I was feeling so out of breath was because I was holding my breath through the entire thing while the other person was talking, never having a moment for me to put my thoughts someplace. And I would put, I would use like notes and like write things down that would help, but it was different than being able to like share it out with other people that would like hear it or see it. And so it was interesting when they opened up the chat, how much, it felt like my body opened up and like wow. you could see a flood of people entering comments and the, the whole uh, online gathering shifted in a way that was like, uh, you can tell the intentionality of this space was meant to be open. That's how she wanted it to be. And it was great that the organization were like, was like, okay, we'll open it up for that sake. And uh, very much the difference in what felt like being confined behind a screen yeah. not being able to talk to still being behind a screen, but at least having a place to have um, some contributions. And I think uh, being a person that I'm the youngest in my family, but then also the type of person that likes to stay silent to make sure everyone else has talked right. that like, there's this feeling of like uh, angst if one person is talking too much and especially if it's me talking. And so I'll actually 
stop myself <laughs> from talking quite a bit so that others have space to talk. Um, but it was great to have Priya talk about that in a way that like expands the Zoom experience. So that is incredible. First of all, that you've had that connection with Priya. Devin, I don't know what the universe is trying to tell us. I don't know if we just need to keep working together. I don't know what's going on, but I'm loving it. Okay. And I'm just going to make a note of it and appreciate it. Um, that we've had so many of these fortuitous connections tonight. Um, one thing that I'm interested in, uh, I would say, uh, I, um, <laughs> one, let me, let me phrase it this way. I would, I would, there's so many lessons that I've learned now um, at 35 years old that I wish I could sort of, um, in a way, wish that mm -hmm. I could go back and sort of equip my younger self with the ability to navigate some of these situations or conversations or just have a lot of these skills. So what are some of the lessons that maybe you've picked up throughout the years that if you were to go back and speak to your younger self that you would, you would impart wisdom to younger Devin? Yeah, that's, I love that. And um, I'll say uh, my late therapist, um, and I don't know, some folks might find it too woo-woo, but my late therapist would talk often about that it's not too late to talk to the younger mm. self. Mm. A lot of the things that you're still struggling with are probably things that uh, you never got what you needed in those moments. Mm. And you can like very viscerally almost sit with your younger self and provide them now um, because the patterns have continued and continued, continued until this day. And so I think for me, uh, one of the things that I have often, and probably also why I share stories for my younger self and, and the younger selves that are like other people in the space, um, not thinking of time as much as like what I've learned. And I think one of the things that is most central to the what I often tell my younger self is that uh, what he is worried about, what he is feeling, uh, what is happening in his life actually matters and that he should speak up about it, um, allow others into his life, allow others to help him um, and not just to only keep things inside. Mm. Uh, that's something that has like stayed with me year after year, this feeling of like, I'm the littlest person who has the smallest problems. I'm fine. Let me help someone else out. Mm -hmm. And going back to my younger self and all the younger selves out there and saying that like your problem deserves the space to be heard yes. and to be seen and to be addressed and that what you have to say matters and to give that younger self a chance to to share what's going on. Uh, I would say that's like the most central one for me. Um, out, outside of that, I think there's also just for me, the the truth that, yeah, it's a the forms of like self-love that I have to go back and tell my younger self um, that he is a thoughtful person, that he is smart in ways that maybe the world doesn't appreciate as much um, and that's fine, um, that he is funny and that he is resilient. Um, so just to go back and remind myself of all these like different ways of loving myself, because yeah. I think there was like many moments where, uh, 
I, yeah, it's still moments where I still don't love myself enough mm. and think that I'm not, not enough of so many different things and really to go back and tell my younger self that I'm enough. Yeah. That is, there's power in that, right? We've talked a lot about the power and the moments and the power of, of storytelling and the power of, um, sharing this information with others and others includes ourselves as you were just describing. Um, so thank you for sharing that because there's so much goodness in there. Um, it's, it's really incredible as we're starting to wrap up the episode and I feel like we could just keep talking and talking for hours. Um, but to be cognizant of time, I want to know if there's somebody that's listening who wants to make the world a better place and or perhaps is looking for the opportunity to take a breath. What might be some advice you would impart on the listeners at this time? Yeah. I think, I think for me, um, there has been periods where I want to change the world in such a big way that I put the pressure on myself to do something huge and amazing and, uh mind-blowing and i think if i left a message for myself and for any listeners who are wanting to change the world to think of the truth that uh some of the smallest moments of change can have like huge moments of significance um in the ways and even which where like a ripple effect kind of can take place and so to really give yourself the space to change who you are um, in the ways that you've been wanting to and to not be afraid to confront the things that you've been dealing with to change yourself as a way of changing the world. Um, I think each time we change ourselves, it changes the people around us, kind of what you mentioned. We don't walk away from any of our interactions unchanged. Um, and so I think being able to to do the small thing, the thing that, that seems small, to others, but is really significant to you, both allows you to have the rest from thinking I have to do the most amazing thing in the world, um, but then also um, d- does end up connecting to something that is really quite amazing uh, in, this, in the space of your change impacting the people directly around you and the people directly around you changing you and changing the people around them. And so uh, I think that's what I would leave people with be a part of the ripple. I love that. Be a part of the ripple. Oh my goodness. That is fantastic advice. Well, uh, Devin, thanks so much. We're going to move on to the, I would say the last segment of the show. Uh, so this segment is, uh, one I like to call things to check out. It is a segment where I provide the listeners with a couple recommendations, typically something to read, watch and, or listen to. And I ask my guests to do the same. I will go first. Uh, So some recommendations for the listeners. I already mentioned it earlier. Spoiler alert. The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. If you have not picked that up, I don't know what you're doing with your life. (laughs) Um, I guess probably something else, right? But uh, I highly recommend you picking up the book, especially I felt like for me this year, I have traveled more. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know that I would say the most ever in a single calendar year, but it's definitely felt like it both from a personal and work perspective. And in the midst of all that gathering, it can be hard to have the intentionality. And so the book has really grounded me 
each and every time I've connected with somebody. Um, and it has been sometimes harder than others to make that intention known. Um, but I'm always so glad that I was able to do that. So that's the book. Um, uh, watching, uh, I would say, I just rewatched uh, probably for the 10th time at this point, uh, the Watchmen miniseries on HBO. So there's, uh, if you've not watched uh, that uh, Watchmen show on HBO, I highly recommend you do it. There's a lot of talk about generational trauma within that show. There's a lot of um, racial themes that are, uh, while fictitious in the grand scheme of the show are very much relevant to the world in which we live in today. Um, there's just no superheroes or uh, extra, uh, I almost said extracurricular, extraterrestrial type of characters. Um, extracurricular characters, I don't know what even that would be. Um, <laughs> drama teachers, I suppose. Uh, so that, definitely go check that out. And then, um, I don't know, I'm a huge soccer fan. The World Cup is starting. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, the World Cup will have already started. Um, but a podcast I listen to it's called The Total Soccer Show. Uh, they've done a great job with their pre-World Cup coverage, and I'm sure at this point they've done great with like sort of a day-to-day -day coverage. Um, I'm sort of speaking in the past at this point, but those are my recommendations. Uh, so, Devin, uh, what recommendations do you have for the listeners of either something to watch, read, and or listen to? Oh, I love this. I love this. Um, I think read uh, pretty much anything by Kiese Lehman, just my favorite author, was recently awarded the MacArthur Genius Grant, um, but I thought it was amazing before that. Um, very well-deserving. He's got three books out right now, uh, I believe, Heavy, Long Division, How to Kill Yourself and Others in America. Uh, just amazing work. I think the reason I love Kiese so much is he has like this commitment to revision, the process of being able to go back and revise anything that you do and having that as a practice for life. So uh, I would probably say Long Division probably captures that most of, of any of the books, though it is geared towards a younger audience, but I loved it. Um, and I'm 37. <laughs> um, I think Listen, um, really, really connecting to uh, the podcast Hurry Slowly. Hmm. They are going through, a, they recently went through a rebrand um, and it's been interesting to think of like their podcast being so impactful and what could be more as they shift in this new direction. And so really curious myself to see where it goes and then watch, I will give something just like kind of fun. Um, not, not too deep and well, maybe it is deep, but like black Panther, I just watched it with my son in, oh, nice. in theaters. I loved black Panther. I, I, you know, I'm a black man, but I think it's impactful for anyone to be able to, watch these films and see so much uh, culture and differences between the things that are often on screen. And so I thought it was excellent and fun. Yeah. Didn't have to have this moment of like <laughs> weight around it. It was right. fun for me. That's awesome. I love that. Um, I'm excited. I'll be seeing it uh, this week. So I am stoked uh, to watch it. Uh, it's fantastic. So thank you so much for that. Uh, if people want to follow you and see what you're up to, Devin, what's the best way for them to do that? The best way, the best place to follow me, um, I put out a newsletter every Tuesday. Uh, I think it's the place where we talked about this, but like I search within the stories the most. Um, there's just a certain level of uncertainty that I allow in there. So on my website, devinsandefor.com. I'm also somewhat active on Twitter and Instagram. Um, though probably not as much as others are, um, but those are my 
two most active social media sites. Um, and a friend always reminds me, you're also active on YouTube. He, he tells me, and I'm like, really? I don't feel like I am, but <laughs> I have videos on YouTube, so you can watch some of my stories there. Very nice. And your handles on uh, Instagram and Twitter, is it at Devin Sandiford? Yes, it is. Perfect. I'm at Devin Sandiford everywhere. Perfect. Uh, Devin Sandiford everywhere. Um, wonderful. Uh, Devin, this has been such a delight. I hope you will come back on many, many, many times. I feel like we only started scratching the surface of uh, this wonderful conversation. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. It's, it was great for me. It felt like we knew each other for a really long time. So felt great, like old friends. I appreciate that. I uh, echo that sentiment as well. Um, well, uh, listeners, you have been detoxing with detox. Now go and make a more inclusive world. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Detox Podcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.